Good evening and welcome to the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We've got all our usual guests on the show tonight, including Colin Brown, Dave Wilson, Richard Phillips. And of course we will be reflecting on the past week's racing at Cheltenham. might even have a Cheltenham winning trader on board. We've got all the news and the fixtures, so sit tight and hopefully we'll give you a few more winners if you didn't get a few of the Cheltenham ones. And um, yeah, hope you're going to enjoy the show. Well, good evening and welcome to the show. It's A.D. Hopper here and I hope you have really enjoyed Cheltenham. It's been fantastic. Um, I've sat there glued all afternoon for the last four days, as I'm sure most of you have as well. And uh, I had a few winners, but nothing special. But, you know, it was just watching great horses competing in great races with great jockeys and great trainers. So it's all in all a fantastic week. And we're lucky enough, I hope, to be talking to Jamie Snowden following his success at the meeting on Thursday. And we are lucky enough to talk to Jamie Snowden. I've tracked him down and here's what he had to tell me after the success of You Wear It Well. Jamie, thanks for joining us. You must be on cloud nine now. Oh, Aidy, it was, uh, it was incredible. It was a, a, a wonderful, wonderful day, great experience and, and just so wonderful that uh, that she could go and do it on the biggest stage. Yeah. Well, tell me, you know, talk me through the race. Any worries at any stage during the race? Um, to be honest with you, I, I, it was one of those races where everything just went so perfectly well. She, she jumped off. She had a great start. She jumped the first brilliantly. She got into a lovely rhythm. Gav was able to dictate the, the, the race as he wanted. And, and then she, uh, she, she, she pinged the last in. And, and ran up the hill well, so it was, um, you know, it, it was relatively comfortable in, 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 in all truth. Well, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, you decimated a, a, a star uh, field, really, and, and I mean, it looked it looked very easy. I've got to say, you know, I was counting my two pound fifty each way at that point. Uh, like, you know, it was it was brilliant. Well, I hope you had it on at 16 to 1, AD. I did, but I only put £2.50 each way on it, which is the bloody shame of it all, but never mind. But uh, it doesn't oh, matter. I, so I did all right yesterday. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, I did all right yesterday anyway, so that was OK. I just wish um, Dashiell Drasher had managed to hang on because that would have really uh, been the icing on the take for me. But um, so where, where do we go now then with uh, You Wear It Well? So she's uh, she's entered into a Grade One um, at, at Fairy House over Easter. So we we might have half a look at that, but um, uh, certainly um, she, she, she I, I would have thought we'll be seeing her over a fence next season, um, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll see we'll see where we go from there. But we'll, we'll just enjoy yesterday, see how she is over the next couple of weeks, and see whether we do go to Fairy House or, or whether we call it call it a day for the season. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what a, what a way to bring an end to the, you know, the end to the season, really. I mean, it's, it's fantastic for you because I know you've, you know, you've invested a lot of money and you've, you've gone for it and, and you've got some better horses in and it's come come home and it's, it's done the job. 
Yeah, it's it's wonderful. We've got a lovely team of horses and 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 great great owners that have supported us all the way through. It was lovely to to have that winner for Chips, um, mm. who's who's been with us really since we started. And you know, it's just um, ah, it's, the whole thing's incredible. Without wanting to sound negative, what about the other two, Garlor and um, uh, Gino? Um, well, Garlow Gar ran, ran a, probably a career best, to be honest with you, AD. Um, yeah. Stepping out of handicap company into, into grade one company at the Channel Festival, um, finishing fifth in the Ryanair yesterday. Uh, we, we, we know he wants a little bit further as well. So I think that was a, a great performance on the back of, uh, of a fall at Donkster the, the last day in the Skybet Chase. So um, he, ran a, he ran an absolute belter. And um, that's right, Gino actually didn't really, he didn't really go on the ground. Obviously, they, they had a fair bit of rain yesterday and he just yeah. didn't really act on the ground. So yeah. we'll put a line through that. But um, the other two ran, ran obviously, you know, career bests and, you know, lovely to see. So have you got used to being a star on the TV now then? I'm not sure about that, Eddie. <laughs> no, I, I can see a BAFTA coming your way shortly, I tell you. <laughs> well, uh, Jamie, nice. congratulations, mate. It, you deserve everything you get. And, and also my congratulations to the rest of your team because I know without them you couldn't achieve what you want to achieve. And, uh, you know, it's just fantastic for everybody concerned, really. Yeah, so it's a big team game. Yeah, absolutely. OK, Jamie, well, we'll talk to you next week. Business as usual then. Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Take Thanks care. a lot. Enjoy it while you can. Cheers for now. So let's get started now with our usual lineup of uh, guests, and that will be first of all Mike Padden with all the racing news. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with me, Mike Padden. A warm welcome. This week's news is all the news that is the news from across the racing media, including the Racing Post, the Sporting Life, and Racing TV. Here is our first story this week. Michael O'Leary has criticised jockey Davy Russell for coming out of retirement, saying, At a certain point in time, you should put your family first and not your riding career. The outspoken owner, who runs his horses under the Giggings Town House stud banner, argued Russell, who'd won the Grand National twice for O'Leary on Tiger Roll, had nothing to achieve by coming back. However, despite his disagreement with Russell's decision to return, the rider has been booked to partner Fury Road for O'Leary in the Ryanair Chase on Thursday, a race the owner sponsors and covets winning every year. Speaking in an interview on ITV Racing broadcast on Tuesday, O'Leary said, He'd retired and personally I wish he'd stayed retired. He has a young family with young children, and at a certain point in time, you should put your family first and not your riding career. When you get out at that age in your early 40s, you don't bounce. You don't mend the way you did before. Particularly if you're married and you have children, you put your family first. He's had a glorious career, and he has nothing to achieve by coming back. I don't think he should have come out of retirement. Russell, 43, retired from riding on December 18th, but was coaxed back into the saddle less than a month later by longtime ally Gordon Elliott after his stable jockey Jack Kennedy broke his leg in a fall. He is set to ride a number of leading fancies at the Cheltenham Festival this week, including Mighty Potter in the Turner's Novices Chase on Thursday and Galvin in Wednesday's Glenfarquhar's Cross Country Chase.
O'Leary, who has no runners on the opening day of the Cheltenham Festival, will be seeking a third win in the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup, with Conflated on Friday, with Russell seemingly in pole position to take the ride. Jordan Gainford, who also rides regularly for Conflated's trainer Gordon Elliott, is already committed to partnering Hewick in the same race. And next here on the Racing News. The future of British Racing's mainstream television coverage on ITV has been secured until at least the end of 2026, after the sport's principal broadcaster revealed the completion of a new three-year deal. Following a lengthy rights negotiation process, ITV on Tuesday announced the extension of a relationship with the sport that has resulted in strong audience figures and a significant increase to the number of race days aired on free-to-air television. The terms of the latest arrangement ensure viewers will have access to more than 100 days of British racing each year. While since returning to the sport in 2017 with Ed Chamberlain as lead presenter, ITV has added to its portfolio a large number of major Irish meetings and introduced extensive live coverage of the Breeders' Cup. The network, which will continue to deliver the opening show morning programme, has also boosted the number of days shown on its main ITV1 channel, with the remainder housed on ITV4. That will continue to be the case from 2024 to 26, while all output will be simulcast on the ITVX streaming service. ITV Director of Sport Niall Sloan said, This deal will take us to a decade of racing on ITV, and we're delighted to be able to continue to bring to viewers well over 100 days of live coverage of this wonderful sport including some of the most enjoyable, storied and thrilling events of each year. We look forward to continuing to work with Racecourse Media Group and our other partners within racing to bring audiences the very best racing has to offer in the coming years. Among ITV's contracted broadcast partners is the Jockey Club, whose crown jewels include the Grand National, by far the sport's most watched event, plus the Cheltenham Festival and Derby. Jockey Club Chief Executive Nevin Truesdale said, We at the Jockey Club love working with the ITV racing team to showcase the sport, our racecourses, the horses and the people who tirelessly work behind the scenes to tell their stories in an entertaining, fun and engaging way. We are really looking forward to continuing to do that and finding new ways to collaborate in the future. Adding her support for the deal... BHA Chief Executive Julie Harrington said, ITV's coverage and promotion of British racing is exceptional, bringing our sports many wonderful stories to life with passion and pride. At the BHA, we are keen to work closely with our broadcast partners in order to help them further improve the viewer experience for both new and existing fans alike with innovation as to how the sport is packaged and presented being a core element of the industry's strategy. Next, here on the Racing News. The Cheltenham Festival started on Tuesday with the shadow of affordability checks lingering over the biggest betting week of the year and having the potential to ruin the enjoyment of a significant number of punters. 
Over recent months, more and more people who bet have been asked by bookmakers to provide sensitive, personal financial information to allow them to continue to gamble online and in betting shops, with those refusing to turn over the likes of a tax return and payslips barred from placing wages or having stakes heavily restricted. Betting firms have upped their probing under pressure from the industry regulator, the Gambling Commission, despite suggestions from its chief executive, Andrew Rhodes, that such checks are not mandated, as the wait goes on for the government to publish its long-delayed white paper into the review of the 2005 Gambling Act. The review, promised as part of the 2019 Conservative Party manifesto, aims to make gambling regulation, quote, fit for the digital age, but has been hit with repeated delays. Last month, Stuart Andrew became the sixth minister to be responsible for gambling since the review was launched in December of 2020 and no clear timetable is in place for the white paper's publication. This week, Entain, the parent company of Coral and Ladbrokes, reported all 28 races at the Cheltenham Festival featured in its top 40 racing contests in terms of betting turnover for the year, including eight of the top 10. David Stevens, head of PR at Coral, said, The turnover figures for last year prove beyond doubt the Cheltenham Festival is the biggest, most important week of the year for bookmakers and their customers. However, the potential spike in punter activity through the week risks catching large numbers of recreational punters in the affordability net for the first time, with the Horse Racing Betters Forum having voiced concern gamblers will turn away from placing as a result. Views have also been expressed that affordability checks and account restrictions may lead to an uplift in punters betting with on-course bookmakers, with Cheltenham's boss Ian Renton saying this month that he thought that there will be more betting on-course as the affordability checks won't happen in the same way. Affordability checks could also lead more punters towards the unregulated black market, with a survey of 3,500 racing TV members showing 15% had already used the black market or knew someone that had, with racing also deprived of income via the levy as a result. Michael Dewar, Chief Executive of the Betting and Gaming Council, the industry body representing the gambling industry, said on Monday that the government needed to provide a balanced gambling white paper that protects vulnerable customers while not spoiling the customer experience of the majority who bet perfectly safely. He added, We need to stop intrusive, blanket, low-level affordability checks, such as those called for by the anti-gambling lobby, which only serve to drive customers to the unsafe, unregulated black market online, where there are none of the safer gambling protections that exist in the regulated industry and where not a penny is paid in tax to the exchequer. This has been this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Thanks for listening and join us again next time for the Racing News. OK, let's see where we can go racing this weekend. OK, well, there are eight races over the jumps at Utoxeter with a 1.15 start, seven races over the jumps at Fontwell, 1.25 start. And our Colin will be there lurking if you spot him. Seven races over the jumps at Kempton, the 130 start. 
Seven races over the jumps at Newcastle, 140 start. Seven races over the jumps at Thurles in Ireland with a 155 start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather. Sunday there are seven races over the jumps at Chepstow with a 130 start. Seven races over the jumps at Carlisle with a 150 start. And is also racing in Hong Kong, but I doubt he'll be going there. And now it's time for our Equine Superstars feature. And this week we're going to feature Nijinsky. Equine Superstars. This week we're looking at Nijinsky. Nijinsky was a bay stallion by his sire Northern Dancer out of Dam Flaming Page and was foaled on the 21st of February 1967. He was bred in Canada by Winfield Farm and owned by Charles W. Engelhardt Jr. Nijinsky was trained by Vincent O'Brien. Amongst the major races he won in 1969 the Railway Stakes, the Anglesey Stakes, the Burrowford Stakes, the Dewhurst Stakes and in 1970 the Gladness Stakes, 2000 Guineas, the Epsom Derby, the Irish Derby, the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes and the St Ledger Stakes. Nijinsky was the 15th UK Triple Crown Champion and the Timeform Horse of the Year and his regular jockey was Lester Pickett. Nijinsky is considered one of the greatest European flat racehorses of the 20th century. Let's remember Nijinsky at his best in the 1970 Epsom Derby. They're off. A tambourine man, just a little bit slow. Long till the first is shown front, and now Crybaby. It's Crybaby from Long Till, then Montplaisir, then Approval and Meadowville, and then Nijinsky. Uh, then comes uh, the Swell and Jeer, followed by Stintino, Tambourine Man, and finally Great Wall. They've gone a furlong and a half now, and Crybaby and Long Till are the two leaders, followed by Approval, Montplaisir and Meadowville together. Then comes Nijinsky, then the Swell and Jeer, then Stintino, Great Wall, and Tambourine Man. They've got still about nine furlongs to go. Crybaby. Crybaby uh, and Long Till together. Then close up behind Meadowville and Bonplaisier. They've just got about a mile to go at this stage. And it's still Crybaby long, from Long Till, then Approval, Meadowville and Montplaisir, then Nijinsky, the Swell and Jeer, then Great Wall, Stintino, and finally Tambourine Man. They're right at the top of the hill now with just about seven furlongs to go. Crybaby from Long Till, Approval and Montplaisir. It is said that only perfectly formed horses perfectly manage Tattenham Court. They're coming round into Tattenham Corner now and rounding the corner into the straight with three and a half furlongs to go and Meadowville and Long Till of the leaders. Long Till on the rails, Meadowville on the outside. Gia coming up and moving very strongly indeed on the outside for the leading three. Great Wall has burst through on the inside. Nijinsky is still there going quite easily just behind the leaders and Stintino is coming with a great run on the outside. With a furlong and a half to go now, it's Gia taking up the run. The last burst of speed is one of the things the rigorous Valley Doyle routine has prepared Nijinsky for. Making challenge in between them and with just 150 yards to go, is Nijinsky coming away from Gia on the far side, then Stintino, then Craig Wall, then Venable, it's Nijinsky 
Nijinsky wins the 1970 Derby. Well, Cheltenham's been and it's gone. In a flash. Four days of absolutely brilliant racing, brilliant organisation, great TV. Shame the weather wasn't a bit better. But other than that, that's about the only downside of the whole meeting, really. Constitution Hill was brilliant. Oh, it's, it's just, you know, it's one of the things. And later on in the show... Colin Brown's going to sort of look back on the uh, highlights of the whole week. So look out for that. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk to Richard Phillips. Well, good evening, Richard. Um, what a Cheltenham we've had so far. We're recording this on uh, Thursday evening so that we can get it in the show on Friday. But, um, yeah, it's been fantastic so far. Quite a remarkable meeting so far, but especially on Tuesday, the opening day, which was a sensational day for national racing. One will stay in the memory for many years, and mm. many people opinion the best day in the in the history of the sport was the most unbelievable performance by Constitution Hill, as was hoped mm. and was probably expected uh, to win a champion hurdle by nine lengths effortlessly really, yeah. from a horse that was actually fancied for Ireland called State Man. A lot of the Irish thought this horse was right spot on for the day, but Constitution Hill demolished him and and in great style, and it was great to be present to see. The huge crowd, 80,000 people looking at all eyes on Constitution Hill and a true champion mm. uh, winning a brilliant race. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the crowds as well have been absolutely phenomenal, haven't they? Well, they're slightly down uh, because of rail strikes, but the enthusiasm of the crowd undoubtedly is right at the peak, and especially with Honeysuckle's success yeah. in the Mayor's Hurdle, yeah. where, of course, uh, very sadly, uh, last year, uh, Jack de Bromhead, son of Henry and Heather de Bromhead, uh, died in a in a riding accident. And the whole of racing came around the de Bromhead family uh, in sympathy and support. And Honeysuckle, who had been placed on her two runs this season, many thought had she sort of lost her sparkle. But probably was the fact that as she got a bit older, she probably needed a bit further. And she had won this race before. But after she'd won this race, she won and won two champion hurdles. But on... Tuesday, she was sensational in her guts and had travelled brilliantly under Rachel Blackmore, and they brought the house down. I mean, there was a huge cheer, mm. a, even a greater one for this one than there was for Constitution Hill. Constitution Hill yeah. was expected. Honeysuckle's victory was hoped, hoped mm. by Britain and Ireland, and everyone has rallied, rallied around the de Bromhead family, and to see that horse win, for the mayor to come back and retire on a great note like that, uh, was truly memorable and emotional. And he's such a humble guy as well, isn't he? So, you know, the way he took the interviews and everything afterwards, he was he was so humble and so so gracious. I thought it was really touching. Henry de Bromhead, I've known for over three decades. He's an extraordinary man. He's never changed whether he wins a Grand National or Gold Cup in the same week or whether he has 15 loses in a row. He's yeah. the same guy. He puts up with uh, the ups and downs in his great way. And also, um, you know, to, he, he and his wife, Heather, uh, have been remarkable in their support for their children and their family during this tragedy of last year. So the the warmth for, for Henry and his family was immense. And Henry is a, is a true gentleman and everyone loved to see Honeysuckle win. And then today in the Ryanair, they went and won with Envoy Allen in another comeback run from Envoy Allen, who had many problems, that, that left Gordon Elliott's following Gordon Elliott's, um, uh, to, you know, demeaning experience of social media the mm. horse has moved to Henry de Bromhead, it didn't quite hit form on occasions but today came back in great style 
but beat uh, an underperforming Shishkin into second. So what went wrong with Shishkin, do you think, then? I thought that was nailed on. Well, um, he just never was travelling, and he's done this before. Maybe, you know, he... That race the other day took a bit out of him, having been off for a while. Uh, he was sensational at Ascot, stepping up in trip. He, he, he made a pretty awful mistake, um, three out, uh, which he did well to stand up with, and then rallied up the hill to finish second. Um, his trainer, Nicky Henderson, has said, well, maybe you should have had him in the Gold Cup. Maybe he's a horse that needs a bit further these days. I think he'll now go to Aintree if it's all well, over three miles, and you could well see this horse running in the King George later in the year and then going to the Cheltenham Gold Cup next year. Mm. But um, having said that, don't take any way from Envoy Allen, who was, a, who was a brilliant winner of the Ryanair. Again, Rachel Blackmore, uh, a brilliant jockey, came there cruising into the straight, and the Irish cheers were up as he jumped the second last, and he went on and powerfully up the hill to win. So another great victory of a great race. And, of course, the Stayers hurdle today, uh, was a great one, but um, Dashel Drasher, our tip last week, the each way tip of the week, was 40 to one shot, was in the lead at last. He actually finished second, uh, but was demoted to third because he cut across the, the fast finishing tee of Pooh or, or moved the horse across at the last. So, as Stewart said, he, he only got beaten na- narrowly tee of Pooh for, for second. So, they reversed the placings to be still finished third in a stairs hurdle. So, each way money was paid out, uh, but the winner, um, Cider Burley, who's actually won a festival in the past. He was an outsider, and it's been a great festival because not all the favourites, some of the favourites have been winning, then there's a few outsiders. It's been up and down. It's been raining the last couple of days. The grounds gradually get softer, and the Gold Cup tomorrow will be a, uh, a remarkable race. But um, and yesterday, it was the Queen Mother Champion chase, and Nergamine was so impressive. Uh, he absolutely annihilated the opposition. Edward Stone was never travelling, but his trainer said... It doesn't matter how good Edward Stone is, he would never beat an Ergamine because he was sensational yesterday. He looked an absolute million dollars in the paddock beforehand and he always looked like the winner throughout and he was a brilliant winner of the Queen Mother. Somebody told me you put on more money than the owner did. Is that right? Well, um, I'm not a big gambler, but Tony Bloom has made a fortune out of that very subject. He's the owner of Brighton Football Club. Uh, He's a very enthusiastic man and he uh, didn't say how much he put on the horse, but if you looked at it, Tony Bloom's face as he led the horse in. <laughs> you can bet your bottom dollar is more than a tenner. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, good luck to him. He's prepared to do. But he's quite a bit of a gambler. He? he does a lot of poker, I think, doesn't he? I think I've read somewhere. He is a world champion poker player, yeah. and uh, he is um, he's a great judge of sport, especially football. And um, he's made his millions by being a very shrewd placer of money and bets and. Uh, the world of gambling, and he um, he's also shrewdly bought an ergamine who's given him much pleasure and won his second Queen Mother. Yeah. Well, before you go, um, Richard, talk to me about Rachel Blackmore a minute. Just just how highly do you rate her? I mean, she she seems to be every bit uh, a top class jockey compared with some of the guys. I'm being very careful not to call her a female jockey because that's what really she doesn't want to be known as no. she's a world-class jockey and i'm so thrilled that so many female riders are coming through now it's the only question sport but where men and women are not perceived on equal playing field really mm. in the past yeah in eventing and show jumping and dressage that you know that females and males win gold medals at all those subjects but in racing in the past uh, it's looked Although 
men and women compete on a level playing field, and the only major sport in the world that they do, um, a majority of the races have been won by men because a majority of jockeys are men. Mm. It's great to see Holly Doyle coming through as one of the world-class jockeys, um, and the fact that she's female has nothing to do with it. She's world-class. Same mm. with Rachel Blackmore. Um, riding a horse is, yes, it includes strength, but it includes tactics and brain and as well as Braun, and Rachel Blackmore, as Ruby Walsh has said on many occasions, is tactically so astute. She mm. goes the right pace, horses run for her, she understands how they think, she understands how they jump, she understands how to go in the right pace in a race, and she's quite brilliantly carved her career into a world-class jockey, and uh, to see her win two great races this week, um, it's fantastic, it's fantastic the sport, and long may it continue, and we'll see more and more female riders coming to the fore, I'm sure, over the next few years. Absolutely. And uh, did you have a, a good Cheltenham yourself with your 50p's each way? Yeah, as you know, I'm not a great one for spending too much money on bookmakers uh, because uh, there's, I always say there's 10 reasons why a horse will win and 121 they'll lose. But having said that, um, I've had a, a pretty good Cheltenham, and I am slightly up. Thanks to the great Dashiell Drasher. Yeah, absolutely the same as me. So that's good. So thanks for that tip, then, uh, Richard, and um, thanks for coming on tonight. And we'll we'll talk to you again next week. Look forward to that. Many okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was Richard Phillips with his view of Cheltenham so far, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. Cheltenham's pushing on, and we're getting some great bloody racing, aren't we? Absolutely brilliant. Oh, fantastic, mate. And. Yeah. Uh, even an added bonus, I own a share of Stage Star and he won today and, uh, well, couldn't make it up, could you? It's uh, uh, one of them dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, share in a horse and he goes and wins a grade one at Cheltenham Festival. For uh, you, so, uh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So, uh, phenomenal. Well, let's hope your uh, luck pushes over to the lucky 15 now as well, then. Yeah, we're going to have a look at Kempton on Saturday. Um, we're going to kick off with the 205 race there, and a horse that I like the look of under the circumstances is Pullagain Green. Liam Harrison takes the ride to Fergal O'Brien. He's priced up around about 12 to 1, which I find astronomically huge at the moment. Uh, he's won four races for Fergal out of his first six. And then he had uh, the winter off, uh, the summer off, sorry. And he's had two runs this year. He hasn't really performed. But he's undergone uh, the major wind surgery operation that these horses have. And they seem to come back out and they absolutely fire after these uh, wind surgery operations. And I've got a funny feeling Puller Green, Green is going to be one of them. So priced up at 12 to 1, he's going to open up for lucky 15 for us this week. OK, fine. Moving down to the 240 race, uh, that combination that won for me today with stage star with Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols, they've got a horse running here called Complete Unknown. Now, he's got a very, very good chance of winning this race. He uh, bolted up in a race down at Foss last when I was down there in deepest, darkest Wales back in uh, early part of December. And uh, he come out and he finished second. He got beat quite a long way at Warwick shortly after that and I've got a feeling that it was just a bit quick the race it was only just over two weeks after he'd won that race at Foss last in very testing going and I think you'll see a complete different horse now that he's had a couple of months break in between them runs now a good line of form for all of those that have been watching Cheltenham Marla Mission who was running really well at Cheltenham and fell he 
this fella actually finished two and a quarter lengths behind him in a class one up at Perth back in April. So it shows a level of uh, form of complete unknown. So he's going to kick off the second leg for us. He's priced up around about nine to two. Okay, right you are. Now we're going to skip a race and move down to the 350. And the horse that we like here is uh, Southern Sam, the top weight, going to be ridden by Harry Bannister and uh, trained by Richard Bandy. Now, he hasn't got a great amount of wins on his card, but he has got one, two, three, four, five, five seconds and uh, two thirds, three thirds. So he obviously has ability and he gets up there to, to near enough winning his races, but he hasn't quite been finishing them off, as they say. Now, I've got a funny feeling that he's going to finish his race off because the Richard Bandy team are in good form at the moment and Harry Bannister's a very good jockey. So Southern Sam's going to be the third leg for us up there at Kempton on Saturday. Okay, fine, thank you. <coughs> Moving down to the last leg. Now, this is a horse that I own a share in, and I think he's going to be a very, very good horse of the future. He's, uh, he's in a hurdle race, and he's got some very, very good form. He, he, he finished ahead of Master Chewy and a few horses like that when he won his uh, bumper at Utoxeter. And he's come out this year, and he's finished second, third, and second. Now, he's finished second to Passing Well, who's a class one type horse. He finished third by half a length to He's a Geezer, and that's going to be a class one type horse. And then he finished second behind uh, Neil Mulholland's horse, Feel Good Inc. And that came out yesterday and was running a very big race. And funnily enough, actually fell, but it was in with a very big chance of winning that race. So I think issuing authority will run a very, very big race for Nico de Boinville and Nicky Henderson on Saturday, and he's going to be my banker of the weekend anyway. So uh, he's going to bring up the rear in our lucky 15 for us. So that's the four that we've got for you this week, mate, after the Lord's Mayor show of uh, <laughs> Cheltenham Festival. It's uh, not brilliant racing, but we've got racing Saturday, so there we go. Yeah. Okay, Dave, that's fine. Thank you very much for that. And uh, thank you for all your contributions to our Cheltenham previews that we've been running every uh, every evening. So uh, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next week, mate. Well, that was Dave Wilson. And now, as usual, bringing up the rear, we've got Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. Have you had a busy week so far at Cheltenham? Yeah, it's been pretty busy, to be perfectly honest. It's, um, you know, it's always flat out there when you're doing a bit of hospitality and entertain a few people and uh, one thing and another. Uh, yeah, but it's been yeah. I've done a lot of steps. I must have a look on my phone how many steps I've done. But um, yeah, I've covered a bit of ground, as they say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you got a few tips for the obviously not quite so exciting racing on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. We've got Newcastle. We've got Kent and over jumps. We've got Utah. We've got Midlands National there, and then we've got um, Fortwell Park, where I'm off, and they're celebrating St Patrick's Day two days late. But um, why not? Um, but I think we got a winner for you in the 130 at Kempton. And it's a horse ridden by Johnny Burke. It's trained by Tom George, who's a little bit quiet uh, within his standards. But um, it won at Wincanton the other day. It beat another one of today's runner, Cape to Mason. Cape to Mason, should I say. Um, and did it quite nicely, ridden out. So I think it'll win again. It's called Stormin' Cross Gales. What stupid names? What sort of names that supposed to be? Storming, cross girls. I, 
I don't get some of these names, do you? No, I don't. They're a pain. And sometimes when you've got to try and pronounce them as well, it makes it even worse. I mean, if they were called, like, Avis, or if they were called A.D., or Colin, or yeah. Mary, yeah. or Dill, or Rosemary, yeah, be yeah. fine. But lemon stupid names, Storm and Cross Girls, what's that all about? I know, I know. Well, there you go. Cross Girls. Eh? Ah. ah, right, OK, well, that's the first one, then. That's the first one. Second race on the card. Mm-hmm. The second race on the card is quite tricky, actually, and I thought I had a bet in the race. But, oh, yes, I have. I think I'll go for Nichols' horse, that 5-1. to one. It's called Outlaw Peter in the 205. It's a horse that had been knocking on the doors, had a wind operation, I think, and they've been trying a few things with it, and then it just got beaten at Musselburgh uh, in early Feb, but came good at Wing Canton the other day to win a novice um, hurdle, and it's called Outlaw Peter. That's not such a bad name. Outlaw Peter, and your friend, your friend Alex Ferguson's got a little bit of it, and my friend Judy Dench has got a little bit of it, so uh-huh. I think that'll win. Outlaw Peter at Kempton Park. I see that first one you're on about, Storming Cross Scales, that's uh, an old yeah. feeling uh, horse, so that must have a chance, I think. I think it'll win, yeah. yeah. J- J- yeah. Johnny Burt Riser, yeah, I think it'll win. Trained by Tom George, yeah, I should have mentioned yeah. that. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that will win, to be perfectly honest. Okay. So, moving on, as they say, whoops, the old computer just loading up the, loading up the horses for the next races. Sometimes they're slow, aren't they, stupid computers? Yeah. There are, here we go. We're getting there now. Um, right. Moving on, moving to um, the five o'clock. I'm just waiting for it to load up. Here we are. Five o'clock is the National Hunt Junior Flat Race, meaning it's for only four-year-olds. Uh, and what wins it? Well, quite a competitive little race. Um, there's a couple of quite big names in it. Nicky Henderson's got a horse called Mont Cam. And uh, this one is owned by a guy called Kevin Doyle. It costs £300,000. It's got a good pedigree by Camelot and re- related to some very good horses. So, in fact, he's after to Ultior. So, Monte Cam, I think, can win. Um, and that is the last race on the card. OK. Five o'clock. Radio. Sounds easy, isn't that? Yes. So where are we going now, then? I think we'll sort of nip up to you, Toxter, a second. Uh, I expect they've got about eight races. There yeah, they have. Yeah. Eight races at you, Toxter. And I'm just going to go for the uh, Bolton Midlands Grand National. Always oh. a hard race to win, but always very, very competitive. And um, I was with Sam Thomas this week uh, doing a bit of tipping at Cheltenham, and uh, I was with a couple of owners of his, and they run a horse called I Will Do It, and that's about eight to one to win the Midlands Grand National. You do need something that stays longer than the mother-in-law, so it's one of those really tough races where they go round and round and round and round and round, 
But, um, you know, it's one of those tracks. I've been around there many times riding the Welsh Grand Nationals. So I think I Will Do It has got a right good chance of winning. And then there's also JP McMahon has scored. Um, it's called Guizapan uh, Collange. And at one of your tops the last time out over three miles, Brian Hughes rode it for Charlie Longston. Um, and I think that could run very, very close if it saves a trip. So that's my two against the field. It's called Guizapan Collange. And then the top horse is called I Will Do It. And they're my two against the field at Utoxta. Well, I'm going to chuck one in here. And, well, it's just down the road from me, the Galloping Bear. Who trains that old Mr. Tizard? Ben, no, Ben Clark. He's just down the road from us, literally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ben joins. Ben Clark, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's got a lovely little, little setup down there. Only got about 20 horses, but it's a beautiful place. And, yeah. Good chance. Have you been to his place? Yeah, been down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's literally, it's, it's you know, it's almost spitting distance, if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, I think I he's know, got a chance. There you go. Know. And he had one guy today, oh. Dr. Katanga or something, and that ran very well, didn't oh, yeah, he? Did. Yeah, so, you know, that was one of his. So, um, I think they're obviously in That form. was a chance on there. Yeah, yeah. Good. All right, okay, All right. move on. Okay. Right, there's a boys' race at Fontwell Park, 125 on, on Saturday. And there's a horse called Cot Mask running. And it's ridden by a lovely guy called Rob Hargreaves, who's not ridden a winner. I used to know his granddad, and I know his dad. And, um, you know, he's, he needs a bit of practice to land, but he's getting there. And he's got beaten a couple of times, not very far. But um, he takes £10 off this because he's never ridden a winner. Um, and I reckon that will win the first at Fontwell. 125, number one, Cot Mask. Okay. <laughs> Many runners at Fontwell Park, but um, we're uh, we're going down to Fontwell Park for the day and having to take the old dogs for a walk. One yeah. Another. I bet I bet Mary and Jean would like to come because they've got a lovely little dog. I bet they'd like to come for a walk on the beach down there. But to get on a train or a bus or whatever or drive or whatever, it's a living long way from uh, the West Country Fontwell Park, isn't it? Mm. Fiddly. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You're right. Anyway, Mary had a good week. She's backed a few winners. Good. So a few more bottles of gin, a few packers of fags. And you mustn't keep going on about the gin. You're going to make her out to be an alcoholic at this rate. Okay. No, no, it's non-alcoholic gin she's drinking. <laughs> That's quite nice, isn't it? Have yeah. you ever drunk that non-alcoholic gin? No, I don't, I'm not partial to gin at all. Never never have been. Don't know why. Just don't like it. So what, don't like the smell. So why do you drink lots of vodka, then? Well, because it's different to gin. <laughs> okay. And it doesn't have right, that, that awful smell that gin's got, I think it is. Awful it? smell. It's a great smell. Well, I, I don't like it, but there you go. I mean, horses for courses. Of course. Right, let's get on with the racing. Um, listeners don't want to hear you talking about gin. Mm, um, or you. Did I bring it? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> um, I'm looking for another winner down there. Right. Um... Moving on. Moving on. It, right, here we go. So slow my computer. Uh, right, on to the... On to the 3.12. Yeah. Oh, stupid times. How can you remember all these daft times at Fontwell Park for a start? Uh, have a so, word with them. You're working it, for them. I'm going to have a word with them. Now, there's a horse running here that I really fancied the other day. Charlie Price rode it. 
and it went to the top end at Sandown last Saturday, hung badly left and ran out. Anyhow, it's going left-handed round here, and uh, it's also, it was fourth here, and then one at Sandown time before. I mean, I think it's got plenty of ability, and um, provided it doesn't run out again, it should win. So it runs there in the 312 horse number eight, Penarossa it's called, and they make it about a 14 to one shot because it's obviously done a little bit of running out and been naughty. But um, Penarossa, yeah, mm. I think that will win. Uh, yeah, got that. Okay. Two yeah. more races at Fontmel. I'm having a quick look just in case I made a couple of notes. And I think, oh, what's his name? Uh, bu -bu -bum. I think um, Jamie Moore will r ride a winner for uh, <coughs> Kieran Burke here, a horse called Love Actually. It's one of his last two races. Um, I've followed him a little bit and I think he'll win again. Which race is that in? Oh, Love Actually, I've got it. Four, Four yeah. twenty love actually, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to him on um, the phone two weeks ago. Kieran, did you, Kieran? Kieran, because yeah. he's down at Dorchester, oh. isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's not a bad little trainer. He's a good little trainer. Actually, yeah. knows what he's what he's what he's doing to be honest. And uh, to be perfectly honest, listeners, and eighty, that is it. Okay, that's fine. I mean, we've we've all overdosed on Cheltenham, I'm sure. So. Uh, you know, slightly less runners, well, that's fine. That suits everybody fine. You've probably overdosed on vodka. No, not yet, but uh, we'll see. We're working on it. Okay. We're working on it. Okay. Now, okay. you've been at Cheltenham, so tell us, first of all, talk to me about the atmosphere, because it looked, on the TV, it looked absolutely fabulous. The number of people there, um, it's a wonder they can move around. It looks so packed up there. I mean, what was it like up there? Uh, it was like every day there was like 60-odd thousand people there. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a bore for being, um, hate being late. And um, so I've been getting there this week around about, leaving home at about quarter to nine. And I know a back way in that I've done for 40 years. Uh -huh. And I park uh, just off the side of the coach car park, not in one of the regular car parks where I had badges for, because it's so easy to get in and out. So... I get there in about 50 minutes, carry on doing a bit of homework, and in we go. I've been doing a little bit of hospitality for various people um, in various boxes. So you've got the main stand there, you look out over and you see Cleve Hill, you see the hotel that J.P. McManus owns down the bottom of the straight, Bentley's driving people up and down that are landing in their helicopters. You've got people, you know, dressed very smartly, some of them a little on the scruffier side, but some... Um, you know, a lot of tweed, if you like, because that's jumping. And there's so much to see. There's a big shopping village. There's, like, the long-run boxes. There's all sorts of different facilities for everybody's pocket and need and, you know, whether they want to sit down and yeah. have lunch or not. There's plenty of outlets to eat with a nice smell of sort of onions and sausages. And, you know, it's just everything there is fantastic. You go to the weighing room, there's a buzz on, you've got all the TV, and you've got the TV cameras, you've got the, the, the radio, uh, you know, the guys doing Five Live or just local radio. Yeah. On the first day, I did a ROR parade, which is for retired racehorses, so I used the ITV mic on a long stick, which isn't the easiest to do while you're trying to, you know, look at a few notes and talk to them and <laughs> try not to get kicked by yeah. the horses. And we're, one girl riding side saddle, and I mean... I could barely stay on riding 
a leg each side, let alone side saddle. Yeah. And then you know you you got that roar when they jump out the gate for the Rawlins, the uh, supreme hurdles, shall I say, on the first day. And you got mad gamblers, and you got mad people having God knows what bets, and all comparing the horses they've bet on, and they're queuing around the parade ring to, you know, watch the horses and the jockeys. And luckily, I'm allowed to take about four or five into the parade ring, which I can do any time. So the people I took in the parade ring just couldn't believe they stood there to watch Constitution Hill or to watch any other great horses there in the parade ring. Um, it's just terrific buzz, really. So let me let me stop you there, Colin. Uh, there were two things yeah. you, you mentioned about people's dress code, and it's 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 amazing you just happen to pick on that because this has got absolutely nothing to do with Cheltenham, but it's relevant in so much as uh, you know that guy Robert Peston who's on ITV. Yes. Well, he did an interview with the, ch the Prime Minister in America. He'd flown on his plane all the way to America, and he did an interview with him. And do you know what? He was sat there with white trainers on and jeans. Turn the prime minister. Can you believe that? Our standards what, what dropping. Peston was a prime minister. Peston was talking to the prime minister, interviewing him with jeans and these white trainers. Yeah, that's what people wear nowadays. It's well, all changed a little bit. Standards have Peston's dropped. Ah, I know. Peston's not the best dressed person, anyhow, is he? Really? No, no. But anyway, I just want to chuck that in just to uh, just to amuse you. And um, so, so looking at the, the racing generally, what did you think? I, I suppose it has to be Constitution Hill, doesn't it? So far, I mean, we're we're recording this on Thursday night, not Friday, so we still haven't had the the, the Gold Cup, which you can talk about next week. But um, yeah, what did you think so far? Was it Constitution Hill, the star of the show, or Honeysuckle? Mm, well, of course, Constitution Hill was, but I mean, what we're always looking for is future stars. And I must say, Marine Nation and the Supreme on the first day, the 130, was very impressive. Beat some very good fancied horses. El Fabiolo absolutely tranced John Bond, which I thought would win. Mm. So there are two horses to look out for. El Fabiolo could be vying for favoritism in the champion chase next year, which, of course, Energamine won easily. And then we move on to, you know, Pete Scudamore and Lucinda Russell, they're, they're a couple and they had Korak Rambler in the altar for the second year. Takes a lot to get a horse come back and win again. They rode him the same and um, he was up six pounds and won that. And then Constitution Hill beat what was put in front of him, but gosh, he is a vet, you know, what a horse. And he went to the last. He, sometimes you can go to the last on a horse that you can see a stride and you go, go on, up they come. But he, he came up out of Nico's hands, and he, if he clipped the top bar, I don't know what would have happened, but it didn't. So, mm. you know, I mean, he's just incredible, unbelievable. And I, I did see Barry Geraghty there. He, he owned half of him and bred him and whatever. Mm. So what a horse to be involved with. And he'll come back and win next year's champion. Hill. Honeysuckle went out on a high, beating horses like Love Envoy. Jane trained down the road from you. Yeah. Queensbrook third. But down the field were champion over winners like Epitant, you know, and horses like um, Theatre Glory and horses like Maria's Rock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that was that was a great race to watch and, um, you know, a great training performance by Henry de Bromhead and... Uh, 
Yeah, that girl, Rachel Blackmore, she is some rider, isn't she? She yeah. is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first day. Um, yesterday's Cheltenham results, well, there was a horse in the Ballymore at 1.30 yesterday that I think you got to keep an eye out for. Next year, it'll be going probably for the Browns Advisory. And the year after, probably going for the Cheltenham Gold Cup because I was so impressed with a horse called Impair Et Pass that won the Ballymore. He came there just like there was nothing else in the race and won by six lengths. Um, that was a great run. And then you have to say that the real wacker who was in the Gold Cup um, on Friday, came, you know, they swerved the Gold Cup and went for the Browns Advisory, which is the old RSA chase. Always a little bit of a sort of stepping stone to win in a Gold Cup. He was only just got up, but he jumped for fun. He was very, very impressive. And, um, you know, well done. They, you know, to, to, they swerved the Gold Cup thinking, let's go for the slightly easier option. It was only a slightly easier option. And he won. Yeah, yeah. And then we had the Queen, the Queen Mother Chase, the owner. Fortunes on a Nergman. Didn't yeah. just win. It won 10 lengths. Yeah, Absolutely trounced everything, um, AD. Edward Stone was last being 60 lengths. Um, yeah, he just absolutely murdered them. According to what they were saying on TV, he put nearly three quarters of a million on, I think, in cash. He did, he did, he had 600 grand on. Oh, I don't know, uh, but I know the owner, yeah. whatever. I mean, even if it's half a million, I mean, it's just telephone numbers, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, but, but you know, he owns he owns Brighton Hove Albion. The yeah, owner of, um, yeah, I know. Of he's only a little short guy, though, isn't he? I was quite surprised how short he was. Oh, he's a nice guy. I know him actually. I I speak to him down at Brighton. Yeah, because his his dad, who's his granddad, Harry Bloom. Um, there's a memorial race for him down at Brighton, uh, and he's a, they're a lovely, lovely family, uh -huh. self-made trillionaires. And then the Weatherby's champion bumper on the Wednesday, um, someone said to me, when Factor File was second um, at um, Leverstown, JP McManus offered them fortunes for the winner, a dream to share, because he thought Factor File was the best horse that he has for bumpers. So he bought the winner, and... Um, Everybody said this is the forecast or the reverse exactor, if you like, yeah. and that's what a lot of them did. They paid fifteen quid. Yeah. Uh, a dream to share. Fact for all, two very good horses. That I think you're going to be seeing a lot of uh, next season. So well, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Hopefully, all our listeners are writing this lot down so that uh, it doesn't get lost in the annals of radio history that uh, Colin Brown is tipping winners all over the place. Absolutely. And let, let's just touch on the Thursday because Stage Star, um, you know, Nichols has had a wretched week, but Stage Star, who jumps for fun and loves the track, he hacked up in the first race to turn this chase. He could be for the owners' club, a gold cup horse one day. Yeah. And that was, he was very, very impressive, I must say. Uh, so well done, Nichols got a winner. Um, yeah. The Irish just absolutely beat up Shishkin. They bumped him, took him wide, smothered him, and he was second to Envor Allen, who's won the Supreme on a bumper. Now he's won the Ryanair chase 
for, for De Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. So that was a great result. A, a rag who's got fantastic form at Cheltenham, and a few of them backed him. Uh, Sada Burlade was uh, the winner of the Paddy Power Stairs. And one of your West Country horses, Dashiell Grasher, uh, ran a great race to be second, then got demoted to third. Yeah. But um, that, that was bad luck. Yeah. I was in the box the other day, and I saw Harry Redknapp. Yeah. And he said, all right, cool. I quite fancy me all. Shake him up, Harry. Give it a little bit of a squeak. And it finished third at 16 to 1. Yeah. And yeah. then, in the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novice of the Old Dawn Run, I did tip this up, actually, when we did a little look at racing earlier in the week. You wear it well. 16 to 1 for the uh, Jamie Snowden yard. One very nicely, absolutely hacked up, to be perfectly honest. And this is a mare that could go on to win, you know, maybe the mare's hurdle next year, the one that Honey's uncle won on the first day. So we had a lot of fun, saw a lot of horses, and uh, honestly, you know, it was just tremendous. And I'm pleased to say that Jamie Snowden, all being well and uh, te technology permitting, we're hoping to have him on the show tomorrow morning on his way up to Doncaster. So that'll be good. Fantastic. Good. Well, thank you, Colin. Um, it's been a great, you know, festival so far. We've still got tomorrow to go. Um, and the Gold Cup, of course, which we can talk about next week. But um, yeah. what, do you, what do you fancy for the Gold Cup before you go? A brave man's game. Yeah, right. So you think Mr Nichols is going to have another big one then? Yeah, he could easily, yeah. Mm, good. You know, it, I think it's a really good horse. And, you know... The trouble is at Cheltenham, you get swayed because if you have a bit of a rubbish day in the first couple of days, tipping or, you know, following or some a bet, then you start listening to other people and not keep your own, you mm. know, your own choices and whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it, you know Nichols' horse today, I, I did a tipping session in the box and I said, if he'd had three winners this week or two or whatever, stage, whatever it's called, would have been, you know, quite short. Uh, um, the uh, yeah, stage star probably would have been about a five to one shot, not a ten to one shot. But it was back in the fifteen to two in the end. But um, you know, you can't beat people in form, and yeah, mm. it's just great. I, I I think Brave Man's Game is a really good horse. So best of luck to them. Good. Okay, Colin. Thank you ever so much for that. We do appreciate it, and um, you have a good day there on on Friday, and we'll speak to you next week. We will do indeed. Well, that brings us to the end of the Cheltenham Festival and our show, of course, for this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, dead lucky to have managed to get Jamie Stone to come on. Well, of course, he comes on every week, but uh, not every week with a Cheltenham winner. And we're hoping to get Gavin Sheehan on for next week's show as well. So we'll find out how he saw the race from the jockey's point of view. So until then, uh, I hope you'll join us again uh, on Three Valleys Radio, same time, same station. So until then, bye for now. Have a good weekend.